Love Talk Radio. Glam War Fearless. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we're just in the tank. Honey, love it. Come and go. And we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby? Come on. This is your host, Mr. Divabetic, and I'm on a quest to glamorize good health. Relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired as you listen to the only radio show dedicated to women living with, at risk, and affected by diabetes. Tonight, we're shining the spotlight on a fantastic diva from Baton Rouge who has sold over a million books with her best-selling cookbook series, Trim and Terrific, and recently she released her newest, and I must say her most divalicious cookbook to date, <laughs> Too Hot in the Kitchen, Secrets to Sizzle at Any Age. Recently I had the pleasure of meeting with her in person and talking her ear off, but if you have any questions or would like to make a comment, please call in on our Diva Digits at 347 347- Two one five eight five five one, or visit my website divabetic.org. Now, please help me welcome the queen of quick, a woman who is as wonderful as the cheesy, as her cheesy grits recipe, celebrity cookbook author Holly Holly Clark. Holly. Well, yes. What a reception! I've never been called a diva before. <laughs> um, so I'll, take that. I'll take that. I like diva books, but I'm not a diva. And I'm a little bit tongue-tied because there's something on my face. You know, I'm looking, I'm holding your cookbook, but I'm actually um, wearing one of the recipes uh, from from uh, Too Hot in the Kitchen. Oh, from the Diva Dermatology? And I put on one of the facials tonight. So I'm actually wearing the avocado, uh, I'm sorry, I'm wearing the avocado banana mask. Did you have, that's too great. You know, that's in the Diva Dermatology section. So I assume you had leftover bananas and avocados. You didn't know what to do with them, so you threw them on your face. And, well, actually, because I'm bald, I needed them as a second serving to get the top spot of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wasn't sure which one to use because, it's a, you know, I, I feel like I have a combination skin. But there are, a lot of reci- there are a lot of recipes in here for Diva Dermatology. So uh, do you think I chose the right recipe? I do, and I want you to know I test all my recipes in my cookbook. So when it came to that section, I thought, well, you know, how many facials can I put on my face? I mean, I know we could get it glowing and glowing, but I invited people to come over on a Sunday afternoon. I said, nobody wear makeup, and everybody come test facials. And guess what? Everybody said it really works. I saw one girl three weeks later, and she said her face was still so pure and shiny and soft. So it re- all these recipes really work. They really do. Well- and I'm a week away from going to Philadelphia, so I'll be able to tell you exactly how well it looks a week from now. How's that? <laughs> yeah, and you might want to do it. the I love that this cookbook. I'm sorry. I love that this cookbook has recipes for facials as well as for food because I think it's kind of a nice blend of, you know, the whole diva experience. Well, and you know, the margarita soft body buffer, um, you could have, a lot, you know, very soft arms and legs and the whole nine yards. No, there you go. I, I mean, people are going to have to get this book. And let's just tell people right now, if they wanted to buy this book while they're listening, they could go to Amazon.com. Is that correct? Right. It's called Too Hot in the Kitchen, uh, The Secrets to Sizzle at Any Age. And that's what it's about for any age. And you can find it on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere, or in your local bookstore as well. 
All right, now let's be honest. Is this cookbook really inspired by Hot Flash? Well, it's, it's a funny story. Yes, it is. Um, years ago, I had a friend, and she was fanning herself, and she said, we were at a, a place to di- dine, and she said, Holly, you really need to write a book for women going through menopause, and you need to do a cookbook. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do all cold recipes. And then I had this girl that works for me who's pregnant, and she was like, Holly, these recipes are so good. I want to be able to buy it. And we all as women go through so many different stages in life. So I sort of changed it, and my Love and No Oven chapter, the first one, is dedicated to all cold recipes, whether you don't want to spend much time in the kitchen or you're too hot in the kitchen. Um, So really it's uh, sort of a whimsical, fun book with great ideas, but it's also informative. I have fill up with fiber because, you know, we all need to include more fiber. Effortless entertaining for those that bring home company. Table for two if you're just – Newly married and maybe buy, you know, have a spouse, or if you're empty nesters, I like me, but that's selling my age. Of course, I got married very young, you know. So, there you, go. It, you know, it really is uh, a book for all people, all ages, and sort of there's something for every woman. And um, don't think men out there can't use it because I always heard a secret to a man's heart is through his stomach. So, women. Well, right now it's could... through his pores because I, I literally want to take some chips to the guacamole on my face right now. It's kind of fabulous. You know, we have something in common, too, um, Holly, and that's we both had grandmothers living with diabetes. And I know uh, Too Hot in the Kitchen actually is your latest book. But before you did this, you've had a really wonderful series called Trim and Terrific where you partnered with the American Diabetes Association to create um, a whole cookbook series, you know, like recipes for women to take, like, 30 minutes or less, I think most of those recipes are. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you got inspired by your grandmother's diabetes to kind of uh, look at healthy cooking in a new way. Well, I could distinctly remember my grandmother growing up. She, you know, she had to give herself insulin shots. But more that I remember was she always had a plain piece of chicken, plain green beans, measuring her food. And it was very calculated, very boring. And I always, I've always loved food and loved to eat and I always had this fear that I was going to you know, become diabetic, and it was going to affect what I ate. So as I learned more, and, of course, as times have changed, um, the American Diabetes Association, you know, at, uh, approached me and said, we'd like to partner with you for your trim and terrific recipes. They're easy, mainstream, affordable, made with ingredients you have on hand, and they're healthy. So it was truly a dream of mine to come, you know, come to fruition because, all my cookbooks that I've ever written, I've always included the diabetic exchanges uh, as well as the nutritional analysis because I felt the diabetic exchanges were important. And nowadays, we all know is if you have diabetes, doesn't mean you have to, you know, not eat and be deprived. You can enjoy life and enjoy what you eat. Right, and I'm looking at one of the um, trim and terrific books right now, and I do see that you have the exchanges you're talking um I'm looking at a pork chop recipe where you have the starches, you have the lean meats, and then you even go into the cholesterol, the sodium, the total carbohydrate, the dietary fiber, the sugars, and the proteins for people. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what are the portions like in these Trim and Terrific cookbooks? Are they pretty hearty, or, you know, is it something, you know, when you say four servings, I just want to be realistic with it because I did see on one of the blogs someone was talking about one of your recipes being a little bit, they thought they would serve more than what you were what you were putting in the book. So I'm curious how you came up with the serving sizes. 
Well, portions are very important, and I didn't want someone to say, you know, a lot of cookbooks that are healthy, what they do is make these tiny, tiny portions, and that's how they become healthy. So my portions are reasonable. And I have to tell you a funny story with the diabetic book. When I signed up, you know, with the ADA, uh, I said, you know, a lot of my recipes have four to six servings or six to eight servings, and they're not exact. And they went, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we'll work with that. It doesn't matter. Well, once the editor got a hold of it, she said, you know, we can't have this for a diabetic cookbook. It has to have the exact amount of servings. And they said, well, just do some of them. Well, I'm a perfectionist. I wanted the book to be good. I wanted the respective dietitians. Would you believe I recreated a 100 of those recipes, measured every one of them so they would be exact serving size, and I could promise you when I'm testing the recipes, now that measuring cup is always there, and I put exactly how many, you know, servings it makes. So you could trust what I do. I think um, one of the nicest compliments is people will go, oh, I made your recipes, and it's so good. And that's because I have tested each and every recipe, and I've always had a dietitian do all my nutritional analysis and the diabetic exchanges. I never got a program, did it myself, because I wanted to have people trust what they read and be able to uh, enjoy my books, whether you're diabetic or not, um, and the rest and of the so what, good and I'm be just right. curious, like, what would you tell women living with diabetes who like to cook? A lot of times they try to make over the meal. So, you know, I, it seems like you do substitute a lot of um, chicken broth or low sodium, or when it comes to sour cream, you use fat-free. When you're doctoring, you know, foods that you like and trying to cut down on some of the sugars or some of the carbohydrates or some of the fat. Uh, do you find that when you're cooking with these lower versions of those foods that you need to add more spices? I mean, what would be one of your secrets to being um, Holly, for all of us to be Holly Clegg in the kitchen? Well, number one, taste rules. And my other secret is I put as many, the least amount of ingredients in a recipe to give it the most flavor because people are busy and they don't want to cook. And then, of course, with the diabetic book, I had to stay within the ADA guidelines. And a lot of people want low-sodium uh, cookbooks or recipes, I go, go to my diabetic book because sodium was a concern. And you don't realize how much sodium is in all your canned products, your canned tomatoes. And I think low-sodium broths are important in the tomatoes. Um, of course, fresh is always best. Anytime you're using fresh or frozen, I think you're going to be better off with your sodium. But low-fat doesn't always mean less sodium because uh, low-fat peanut butter has more sodium in it than the regular. So, you you know, what they do sometimes is bump up the sugar to give you a low-fat product. So you do have to be careful. My recipes worked interesting enough with fat-free Cool Whip, but if I did the diet Cool Whip, or what's the other one? The um, They have a sugar-free Cool Whip. The sodium yeah, they do have so high. Now. Yeah, the have sodium was with, so high. Uh, so you've cooked with them? You've definitely cooked with, like, the sugar-free Whip? Yes, yes, yes. No, I've tested And have you ever recipes. worked with artificial sweeteners? Everyone's always asking me when we do a diabetic outreach program, you know, do we recommend using Splenda or Equal and substituting it for sugar? Or now we're talking a lot about agave. I'm curious, have you cooked with any of those artificial sweeteners? 
No, I haven't. And one thing I was excited when I did the ADA book, they said, Holly, you could just use regular sweeteners. What I have found and what I did in that book is, and I, I would say this to everybody out there, if your recipe called for a banana bread and it called for two cups of sugar, maybe in my diabetic book I put one cup of sugar, but all we really need is three-fourths a cup of sugar. So we do put too much sugar in everything, and there's a lot of opportunities, whether it's in my Too Hot in the Kitchen book, my diabetic book, that we can have less sugar but I'm a, I'm very mainstream you know I'm my book is all my books appeal to the average person out there that's busy on the go doesn't want to has one-stop shopping they want pantry friendly ingredients and they don't have time to cook so my goal is to because you know Max it's so much better if you cook at home and if I give you the tools to be able to create a recipe easily with uh, it's affordable uh, you're going to understand it, not by one expensive ingredient, and you have it and you don't know what to do with it. Or, it's, Well, my sister says all recipes have to fit on one page. Now, does that make – now you understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I do. And if you're listening to us right now, I'm talking to celebrity cookbook author Holly Clegg. I want to remind the divas out there who are listening that they could call in at 347-215-8551 and ask Holly a question you can feel free to visit our website, divabetic.org, and hear this radio interview in its entirety um, after we finish tonight. But we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to have – I have a Diva mailbag for you, Holly. I have some divas who've got questions for you from around the country. And so when we okay. come back, we're going to have more, more uh, interview time with our special guest, Holly Clegg, in this presentation of Diva Talk Radio Spotlight. But I'm going to go to a quick break and hear some special announcements from G.B. O'Brien – so please take it away, GB. Hello, Divas and friends. GB O'Brien here with your monthly Diva discounts and dates. This month, check out Sugar Crush, a natural supplement for diabetes. Visit our website, click on the coupon, and follow instructions for a 25% discount. Next Tuesday, 6 p.m., it's the Diabetes Roundtable Show. On tap, another great lineup of guest educators, real divas, Hot Topics, and the popular Diabetes Numerology Game Segment. On October 16th, it's Divabetic The View in Philadelphia. <coughs> Join Mr. Divabetic at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Call 1-800-533-3669 to register for this free program. On October 19th, 11 a.m. to 12 noon, it's our free webinar all about food. Register at divabetic.org. I'm out of time, so I'll pass the boa and toss the program back to Mr. Diva Bedick. All right. Well, we're back with Holly Clegg, celebrity cookbook author. You're listening to Diva Talk Radio, our special spotlight edition. And I think we have a caller. Okay. Yay. Hello. Hi. You're on Diva Talk Radio. This is Mr. Diva Bedick, and we have Holly Clegg on the phone. Do you have a question? Yes, you all sound so um, excited that I want to run out and um, get the cookbook. <laughs> Do well, you what's have... your name? Okay, this is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hi Lisa. Uh, are cookbooks, I guess cookbooks aren't available, or are they in alternate formats? Like, do you ever have them on the Kindles or that sort of thing? Well, I have, have something you for you. Well, I have a phone application, Mobile Rush Hour Recipes, which is pretty cool, uh, and it's available on iPhone or BlackBerry. And 
have you ever found yourself, you're in the grocery store, you don't know what you're going to prepare for dinner or you forgot your list, well, you could pull up one of my Trim and Terrific recipes. comes with a shopping list, a photograph of the recipe, the recipe itself, serving suggestions, and also the diabetic exchanges and the nutritional analysis. So that's sort of my... Um, I guess, uh, technology, you know, for that. Now, you're leaping to technology, on, yeah. There you go. There, I'm leaping slowly. But uh, not on Kindle yet or the iPad. Uh, the, actually, the phone application's on the iPad. I just got word. It just got upgraded. And it's really cool. My daughter uses it all the time, and I'm finding more and more people do. Because cooking healthy can be challenging, and um, I, I think what's important about my trim and terrific approach is I literally trim the recipes down and keep them terrific. So what's your favorite recipe, Lisa? My favorite? I, I cook a lot with chicken. Okay. Well, let's say uh, chicken parmesan is your favorite recipe. Okay. That chicken parmesan will be in one of my trim and terrific books. So you don't have to change what you prepare. You just change how you make it. So Eating healthy, eating if you have diabetes, doesn't have to be this life-changing experience. We're just going to prepare your favorite recipes a little differently and make them better for you. So that's sort of how I differ because I sure don't believe in that four-letter word, diet. Thank you. And did your grandmother have a favorite recipe that you ultimately went back, Holly, and recreated for someone living with diabetes? No, honestly, she didn't because I remember her, you know, portioning out her food, and it was very boring and, you know, just like plain chicken and plain potato and plain green beans, and I'm going to have my potato stuffed chicken with a sauce and, you know, green beans with almonds or something. You know, that's how I approach it because I love to eat. You know what? You do um, have cheesy, you do have cheesy grits in, the, in one of your trim and terrific cookbooks, which I oh, just love because you know, they're from Baton Rouge. I was going to say, I'm from the South. We have to have grits in every single cookbook. I want you to know that. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you for joining us on Diva Talk Radio. Uh, did you have any more questions for Holly? No, thank you so much. Well, right. thanks for well, calling thank in, Lisa. Thank you for Lisa. listening. Now, Holly, we're going to go right to our mailbag. Uh, Dolores okay. from Philadelphia wants to know, how do you choose the recipes for your cookbook? Well, many ways. I mean, somebody might give me their favorite recipe, and I'll say, I can make this healthier. I might be at a restaurant eating something, um, and I'll go home and sort of replicate my version. I might have a craving and make it. So there's really not one way, but most importantly, I test each and every recipe. I write it down as I'm preparing it, and as I've said, measure it for portions, and then go and type it on my computer. So I always have a bank of recipes. All right, and now uh, Charmaine from Hollywood, Florida, we were just there last week, wanted to know, how can you turn a flop into something fabulous when you're in the kitchen? Have you ever had a disaster when you're going for Divalicious? Oh, that's my favorite thing to talk about. I don't, do not believe in stress in the kitchen. If you have a chocolate souffle and it falls, you serve it as chocolate pudding. You don't go back to the grocery store. <laughs> Right. I mean, I and I have that. a story. No, I have a story. I was um, home for Thanksgiving, and my mother was putting together this red velvet cake for me. I put it actually there, and I went shopping with my sister. I come back, and my mother has this look on her face, and she said, Holly, the layers fell apart. And remember, I don't allow stress. Uh, we have options. So what I said, I said, Mother, go grab me a trifle bowl. We're going to turn this cake into a trifle. So I layered the red velvet cake, the fat-free Cool Whip. I put some fresh strawberries, and it was one of the favorite Thanksgiving desserts. So, and then my sister, on the same thing, she said, 
One time she was making this dessert, and it was this ice cream layer cake. She said the layers fell apart. She said, I remember what you said. You don't ever go back to the grocery store. She iced it with the cool stuff, and she called it as a chocolate bomb. And I think she's still so Your Your tip is like if you have a mistake, don't go back to the grocery store. Just look at what you have in the refrigerator to make it into something else spectacular. Okay, how many times do you make a recipe, or everyone out there, you make a recipe and you don't have an ingredient, you go, oh, my God, it's not going to work. Now, obviously, if it's a baking recipe, you have to have baking powder or baking soda. But do you think someone's going to come over to your house and say, oh, my God, you didn't put green onions in this. Where are they? Where are the mushrooms? Where's the oregano? Nobody knows. We put that pressure on ourselves that it has to be a certain way. So I always say if you don't have an ingredient, you leave it out. If you don't like an ingredient, leave it out. So to use my recipes as a roadmap and take it for what you want. Cooking is creative. It's not perfection. And I think if more people would not feel that pressure and that stress that it has to be a certain way, because it doesn't. Your way might even be better than my way. So there's never a flop in any of our kitchens. You turn that flop into a success. Well, and I love the idea of getting creative in the kitchen. I actually have a challenge for you because, Holly, okay. I, am, I am on a quest to glamorize good health, and like every good diva, I do not mind asking for help. So one of the challenges I think that a lot of people living with diabetes face is they're trying to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables each day, and it could be really tough for people who don't like veggies. So I want your help tonight to show people how to dress up some of their favorite fruits and vegetables and make them more appealing. Are you ready for your challenge? Da-da-da, of course I'm ready. <laughs> All right. It's a proud of your pineapple challenge. You're the first one to ever take it, so we're going to ask you, what can you do with a pineapple besides just serve it raw? <laughs> well, I think that's great. Think of pineapple as an ingredient. You know, we think of pineapple as a fruit, but it, it doesn't mean when you're eating healthy fruits you have to eat just five servings of pineapple, including what you're making. Um, I don't know about you all out there, but carrot pineapple cake is one of my favorite, or, you know, with pineapple in it. And I have a wonderful carrot pineapple bread. Uh, I have a wonderful zucchini bread, uh, zucchini pineapple cake. So pineapple moistens any any type of cake. And then it also works great, I think, as a salsa. In my new, These are all in Too Hot in the Kitchen, oh, the right. pineapple bread and the um, perky uh, and the other. Oh, I'm looking at my perky chocolate zucchini bread. That, that will perk you up early in the morning with that little gel <laughs> of espresso. But uh, also the Asian sliders with pineapple salsa. That's in my Passport Pleasure section in the book, which sort okay. of takes you on a culinary adventure. And they're so good. They're little sliders made with ground meat, and you use ginger and garlic and hoisin sauce and uh, put them in little miniature rolls, and you serve it with a pineapple sauce. And when I remember when I tested this recipe, actually, I served it for my diva dermatology uh, party where everybody tried facials. And people were raving about the pineapple, and it's just really crushed pineapple, green onions, a little cilantro, um, the Nakano seasoned rice vinegar, and a little, you know, jalapeno. So pineapple gives you that sweet and tart flavor, and if you add some spice or heat to it, it really makes a great combination. Oh, I love it. Did I pass? Uh, maybe we'll can we get those recipes maybe for our uh, website divabetter.org or I'll put them on the Diva blog cuz I would love to I I, lo- I love just hearing about the sliders right now. You're kind of tempting me to want to well not only take off this facial and start eating it but also just try one of those sliders. <laughs> I, I think if and you're nice to me and you might have some connections to get the recipes. Yes, those sliders uh, are great. You can make them ahead of time. They're like little miniature burgers. 
Have you ever, speaking of pineapple, uh, you just reminded me, made me start thinking about pineapple juice. Have you ever used applesauce to moisten cakes as a as a as another ingredient to take away some of the sugar? Do you do that or no? Yes, I have tried it before, and it actually works. Um, I don't do it a lot for one very, one reason only, because when you have applesauce in a recipe, you think of the diets or you think of babies. And I'm sure I don't want to mess with babies anymore past that. And applesauce makes you think it's diety, and I don't want people to think my recipes are diet. But it does work. It moistens it. And um, so it does. But I just, you know, if I had a whole book with that, people are going to say, this is sort of not mainstream. And I'm very conscious. I want the average person out there not to be scared. Sort of hold your hand and um, start, you know, start cooking healthier and make it easy to do. Well, and I was looking at one of your books, and I, you noticed that you said mangoes are packed with fiber, and so you included them in your recipes. Do you have another easy way you would add more fiber to some of your favorite dishes? I mean, do you usually look for fiber in fruits and vegetables and, and add them, or how do you do it? Well, I think an easy way to include fiber in your diet is um, by adding more fruits and vegetables or beans to anything. I mean, think of beans. Uh, I think they're the best nutritional bargain. They're they're inexpensive. You could, uh, you know, throw them on anything from a soup to a pasta to a salad. Uh, and also a real easy transition is stretch, switching to your whole wheat pasta, whole wheat rice. I think it's like three grams of, uh, for one cup of whole wheat rice, there's three grams of fiber, and white rice, there's only one gram. So that's such an easy transition to make. And nowadays, you could even find uh, whole wheat rice that has, you know, you make instantly. So I think there's a lot of good products out there that used to scare us off that are mainstream. Look for high-fiber cereals. Always include fruit in your cereal. Um, do you have so a favorite, have, do you have a favorite um, whole wheat pasta brand? Because I, they're not all created equally. No, I don't. I sort of, um, I really don't have a brand loyalty for pasta. I sort of just buy different places and different brands. And uh, But the key is the whole wheat. And, and, okay, if you're one of these, and I don't know if I like it, they do have some that are partial, you know, whole wheat enriched. You know, start gradually. I always say if you use regular milk, whole milk, and you go to skim milk, what's going to happen, Max? You're going to be grossed out. You're going to go, yuck, I can't do this. Life has to be about a change that you're going to incorporate forever, not about a diet that it's temporary. I always say diets are like a vacation. They have a beginning and they have an ending, and then you're there done you with it. So, so a lifestyle change. So you sw- let's say you have whole milk. You switch to low-fat milk, and you try that for a while, and when you're comfortable with low-fat milk, you switch to skim milk. So that's how you should do in life. So if you just make these drastic changes, You're not going to do it forever. What happens with exercise? People go, oh, I'm going, it's New Year's. I'm going to start this big exercise program. They go seven days a week. And what happens by March? The gyms are empty. You know, I go, if you don't exercise, do it five minutes, you know, or 15 minutes, one time a week. Keep doing it one time a week and then make that part of your life, then add extra. So whatever you do, you want to incorporate um, your diet and your exercise program into your lifestyle, not vice versa. And that's great advice from the Queen of Quick, our celebrity cookbook author, Kelly Clegg. She's my special guest on tonight's Diva Talk Radio Spotlight. I can't believe we're wrapping up. 
Holly, I'm going to ask you in a second to tell me how they could get the book again, but I just want to read a testimonial from one, someone who bought your books. I believe I could put anything in front of my 12-year-old son and tell him it was from Holly's cookbooks and he would dig in and love every bite. He says she's the best cooker ever. So, Holly Clegg, how can we get uh, too, hot to him, too Hot in the Kitchen one more time? You're pretty hot You're yourself, Mr. Max, with that now that you have that beautiful glowing skin from that avocado banana facial. <laughs> i got to go wash it off. <laughs> oh, so your books are on Amazon.com. Yeah, You're at hollyclegg.com. Yeah, hollyclegg.com, I even have a blog, the Healthy Cooking Blog. I have lots of recipes on my website, and I'm going to give you a few of these wonderful pineapple recipes. Too Hot in the Kitchen, the diabetic book, all my books are online anywhere. But if you get my book, you have to use it or I come steal it back. All so right. We're wrapping up. I just used. want to thank Holly Clegg for joining me. Next month, my special guest is going to be no one else but Mother Love. I'm so excited. I want to thank Sugar Crush, Underology, Crystal Light, Walmart, Verizon, and Dr. Scholz for supporting the diabetic community. Thank you, Holly Clegg, for joining us. Remember, get her from And remember... This is Mr. Diva Bedick saying every diva has an entourage. I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's stay healthy together. Thank you. Thanks.